0: She was the first female deputy chief of the Cherokee Nation, the first female principal chief of the Cherokee Nation, and the first woman elected as chief of a major native tribe. Who was this woman? Wilma Mankiller. Her life is filled with many accomplishments and recognitions, and her leadership of her people is undeniable. And today, I tell her story. It's Quarter Mile's Travel, where the adventure begins when you reach into your pocket. There's a story behind every quarter design, A story that can take you on an adventure of your own, from one-of-a-kind landmarks to hometown heroes. Start your journey with Anita, one quarter mile at a time. I go I wholeheartedly. that's what you see that's what you see Wilma Mankiller she is the first female deputy chief of the Cherokee Nation she's also the first female principal chief of the Cherokee Nation and the first woman elected as chief of a major native tribe. Born in Tahlequah, Oklahoma on November 18, 1945, her parents, Charlie Mankiller, who is a full-blooded Cherokee, and her mother, Carla Irene Sinton, of Dutch and Irish descent, may not have thought of their daughter, who was the sixth of eleven children, to grow up to accomplish such high esteem in her lifetime, and to help her tribe as an activist. In the 1830s, Wilma's ancestors were forced to leave their homeland in Tennessee and travel via the Trail of Tears into the Indian Territory and settle in Oklahoma. This land was where she was born and where her family would start their homestead. Wilma knew that this history was there and how it changed the lives of her Cherokee people, splitting them between two nations and diminishing their culture and way of life. Yet even with the devastating efforts of the Trail of Tears on the Cherokee people, she is quoted as saying, It should also be remembered that hundreds of people of African ancestry also walked the Trail of Tears with the Cherokees during the forced removal of 1838 to 1839. And although we know about the terrible human suffering of our native people and the members of other tribes during the removal, we rarely hear about those black people who also suffered." Now that sounds like, you know, she really was in tune to this even from a very early age. Wilma grew up spending her earlier years on her grandfather's farm on a land that was granted to her family as part of a government settlement. Now with limited resources in a rural area, you can imagine that her family home was without electricity, indoor plumbing, and many of those day-to-day amenities that so many of us take for granted, like telephones and TVs, but not in her area. And during the mid-1950s, when Wilma was about 10 to 11 years old and her family was uprooted again, this time due to a devastating drought, As part of the Bureau of Indian Affairs relocation policy, they then again had to move, this time to San Francisco, where she was faced with cultural shock, poverty, and racism. Now, while this was devastating, and she maybe felt that life without any promise was there, there was something really deep inside of her that told her to keep looking forward. In 1969, she watched as a group of American Indians took over the federal penitentiary on Alcatraz Island in San Francisco Bay. And during this 19-month-long protest, the Native Americans laid claim to the island by the right of discovery in an effort to expose the suffering of American Indians. Now, when Wilma later recalled this event, She stated that when Alcatraz occurred, I became aware of what needed to be done to let the rest of the world know that Indians had rights too. And following this event, Wilma began her work striving to empower Native communities and improve their lives. It was in 1977 when Wilma returned to the Cherokee Nation in Oklahoma and founded the Community Development Department for the Cherokee Nation. This organization focused on improving access to water and housing. Again, those things that we take for granted in just our everyday lives. Her first and most important project under this organization took place in Bell, Oklahoma, a small Cherokee community with no running water. So obviously her efforts there led to the construction of things that would provide water. It was the construction of a 16-mile water line, and this project is documented in the film "The Cherokee Word for Water," which was directed by her husband and community development partner of 30 years, Charlie Soap. In 1983, Wilma was named running mate to Principal Chief Ross Swimmer during his bid for reelection as chief of the Cherokee Nation, despite rampant sexism, including death threats. They won the election, making Wilma the first woman elected deputy chief. Two years later, in 1985, Chief Swimmer resigned to leave the U.S. Bureau of Indian Affairs, leaving Wilma in charge as principal chief, the first woman ever to hold that position. And she would go on to be re-elected as chief in 1987 and again in 1991, winning by a landslide with over 80% of the votes. Yay for women, she really stepped forward in that role. During this time, she tripled her tribe's enrollment, doubled employment, built new housing, health centers, and children's programs in the northeastern part of Oklahoma. Under her leadership, infant mortality declined and educational levels rose. In 1990, she signed a historic self-determination agreement in which the Bureau of Indian Affairs surrendered direct control over millions of dollars in federal funding to the tribe. What an accomplishment! This allowed her to fund several of the projects that she had in mind, including the development of a comprehensive health care system for her people, which is said to have been something that she was particularly proud of. She also helped to establish the Office of Tribal Justice in the United States Department of Justice, which is a dedicated point of contact for Indian country-specific legal and policy matters. She also helped to found the Women Empowering Women for Indigenous Nations. Wilma retired from her political career in 1995, but continued to play an active role in the Native community, writing, speaking, and teaching about American Indian culture. For her activism and accomplished work for the Cherokee people, she received many recognitions, including the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest honor that's given to civilians in the United States, and she received this in 1998. In 2010, Wilma died at the age of 64 from pancreatic cancer. We can learn a lot about her by researching the projects that she started and all of the programs for indigenous communities that carry her legacy of social justice and community development. She is truly an American hero and one that we should recognize. Women once said, if I am to be remembered, I want it to be because I am fortunate enough to have become my tribe's first female chief. But also I want to be remembered for emphasizing the fact that we have indigenous solutions to our own problems. She is not only remembered, but also honored on the U.S. Mint Quarter as part of the American Women's Series. To learn more about Wilma Mankiller, visit the website for the National Women's History Museum at womenshistory.org. Also Britannica at Britannica.com. The Oklahoma Historical Society at okhistory.org, the Wilma Mankiller Foundation at mankiller.org, to learn more about the movie *The Cherokee Word for Water*, visit the website cw 4 number 4 wcom and for more information about the U.S. Mint. Women's Series Quarters, visit their website at usmint.gov. Thank you for joining me today on Quarter Miles Travel. Remember to reach in your pocket and pull out a quarter, flip it over, and Quarter Miles Travel will take you from there. We'll help you turn that quarter into an adventure.